Today, we're going to discuss how to handle it when your identity is political. And this can also be helpful if you're an ally to someone who has a politicized identity. This can be someone who is a person of color, queer, immigrant, or certain religions, for example. Since it's Pride Month, we're going to focus on issues related to the LGBTQIA community. But the information here applies to anyone from a marginalized identity. To help us in this task, I've enlisted the help of Dr. Shannon Pinnaker, a social psychologist and professor from Miami University. It's going to be an interesting conversation that you don't want to miss. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life's challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Dr. Pinnaker, it's so great to have you on the show. I want to start by talking about the importance of Pride Month and why learning how to cope with politicized identities is important. Yeah, thank you for having me and happy Pride Month. So first, I wanted to discuss one reason why Pride Month and other celebrations of marginalized groups are so important. And this reason is social identity threat. So social identity threat is a threat someone experiences when they believe they're going to be treated negatively by others because of their social identity, that being gender, sexuality, race, or religion. It can occur in many scenarios. So for example, a person might be at work and believe that their boss is treating them differently because they're gay. This hyper-awareness of that situation leads to anxiety and stress, which will impact their mental and physical health. The person has to worry about how to be handle being treated differently, or they might even be uncertain that they're being treated differently at all. And then they have to spend their cognitive resources assessing the uncertainty of that situation. As you can imagine, this constant threat can tax a person. But one way that we know buffers against the effects of social identity threat is that feeling of being supported by those around them. So for this reason, it's why celebrations like Pride Month are so important, especially for people who maybe aren't getting the support in their immediate environment. Yeah. And so, Dr. Pinnaker, you and I were talking the other day about political identities. And I shared a story about one time when I was planning to move. And I want to summarize it here. So basically, I joined a few of those like groups or forums that you find online um, for people moving to different areas. And so the typical post that you'll see is something akin to, hey, I'm married with kids. We're Christian. We're looking for places with good schools, good religious communities that are safe for our family. And what I did was I essentially posted the same thing, except my post stated something along the lines of, you know, I'm in an interracial queer relationship, even though we're like cis-het appearing. Um, And spoiler alert for anyone who's listening, I'm queer. (laughs) And I listed what we were looking for in our neighborhood, and I also requested suggestions. And for the most part, it was fine. But then I also got some of the like classics that I'm used to, which was, why are you bringing up race and sexuality? And there was like a disconnect for people because they were also bringing up race, sexuality, religion, parental identity, all of these different identities. And then, you know, for instance, 
Um, as an example, you know, I've made the choice to not have children. So when others bring up their, their children, which is basically every day of my life, my immediate response isn't, you know, why are you bringing up your parental identity? Why are you bringing up your, your kids? I, in my own internal system, think that it's understandable that someone would want to talk about their identities and also that they would want to be in environments where they can feel safe. But that doesn't always appear to be a reciprocated thinking process. Can you talk more about why that is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, First, I want to point out that people are less likely to state when someone is cisgendered, straight, or white. This creates a false assumption that these identities are the norm. Uh, For example, notice the number of times that the news emphasizes when a suspect is cis, straight, or white versus trans, gay, or black. The latter is much more frequently cited. People don't feel the need to explicitly state the former because this becomes the assumption when any specifying details are admitted. Hence, commenters may not even recognize that they don't have to state these identifiers. And as the norm, quote unquote norm, most spaces are safe for them. Furthermore, your commenter might uh, be expanding on what we would call colorblind ideology. And this endorses the idea that different cultural groups are roughly the same. And it disregards the experiences that make these different groups unique. They may assume that your experience is the same as their experience. Therefore, why are you bringing this up? They really can't perspective take. So that means putting themselves in someone else's shoes. They assume because they're constantly treated at this level of respect, everyone else is treated that way too. When they hear situations where others are not treated with respect because of their social identity, it's easier for them to find an external reason for that treatment than to change their beliefs about their social world. And actually, this is what we would call cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is when someone has two inconsistent beliefs, which cause tension or discomfort. It causes discomfort because we really do not like to have inconsistencies. We like to think we're inconsistent people. I'm sorry, we like to think we're consistent people. So instead of updating our strongly held belief when it's threatened with information, we'll reduce that discomfort by changing the context surrounding that inconsistent behavior or belief. In other words, if I think the world is fair and just, and you tell me how you were treated unfairly based on your social identity, it's easier for me to decide that you did something to deserve that treatment than to deal with the discomfort of accepting that maybe my world is not just and I am actually wrong. As a person who holds multiple marginalized identities, I've learned to manage my energy in these situations to reduce the risk of burnout. In the example I gave above, I chose not to take the bait from the folks because I could tell it was a dead end and that it would only lead to increased negative feelings for myself. I've also, though, had situations where the opposite has occurred and someone has said, why didn't you tell me? And that could be, why didn't I tell them that I was queer? Why didn't I tell them I was black? Um, So it can really make you feel like you're, you know, in between a rock and a hard place. 
what would you suggest people look out for when they're considering if they should engage in these situations or not? First of all, you're right to assess whether it is even worth your energy and time to engage in these situations. Burnout is a real problem when constantly dealing with human rights issues. If we spend all our time trying to explain why our human rights matter or our identity matters, we're just going to end up exhausted. Instead, we want to decide, one, are they even receptive to our viewpoint? Otherwise, we're just wasting precious energy on someone who's going to dismiss us. And two, do we have that capacity and motivation to engage in this conversation? Because our well-being is important. And you shouldn't engage if you think it's going to harm you or your psychological well-being. Oh, yeah. These are great tips, and I use these myself. So to give a few pointers for what to look out for in answering these questions, I would say to think about the level of emotionality in the environment. You know, are you standing across from a bunch of Westboro Baptist folks? Well, then it's probably going to be a waste of your time. Changing someone's mind when they are polarized is extremely difficult to do. Even for myself as a trained psychologist, it's next to impossible in most situations. You know, also for my listeners, I want you to know it's okay for you to choose not to fight today. I joke with my patients all the time that they can take a break because the world will still be horrible tomorrow. You don't need to be constantly ready to jump in the ring. Now, Dr. Pinnegar, I have a big question for you, which is, if someone is going to approach a situation like this, what suggestions do you have for how to go about that? Right. If you choose to engage, you want to try to stay calm. So remember that the other person may feel defensive. And once they feel defensive, that can actually make them more strongly believe in their original convictions, which is undermining the purpose of the conversation. Uh, In my prejudice class, I teach my students three steps developed by Dr. Scott Plus on how to respond to prejudicial statements. To remember these steps, I use an initialism. It's called quiet, don't freak. So I use the QDF. In addition to the letters, this initialism reminds me to stay quiet and calm. You want to start quiet at first because you want to let them finish everything they're going to say. As someone who has something left to say, they won't listen to you once you start talking because instead they'll start thinking about what they want to say in response. And therefore, it's like you're talking to a brick wall. So once you let them finish and then you have a chance to speak up, that second part of the initialism, don't freak, reminds me to stay calm. Uh, I tend to get very passionate about these issues and I get excited. And unfortunately, getting excited also makes that person feel defensive. So I try to mentally step back and detach from the situation a bit so I don't get too emotional and I don't shut that other person down. So FYI, I'm still working on that part. Sometimes I lose that detachment. So it can be a hard one to practice. Okay, the actual letters, Q, D, and F in the quiet don't freak represents the tactic that you can implement during the discussion to help foster communication. The Q means question. So try to ask questions instead of making statements. Questions like, do you think that's true of everyone in that group? Or how do you think a person of that group would feel if people kept stereotyping them that way? These type of questions will provide the opportunity to dig deeper into the statement without both of you falling into that back and forth argument. 
The second letter, D, represents dissonance, which we already talked about. So you want to try to expose their cognitive dissonance. Most people consider themselves good people. And so you want to point out if they're making anything that will violate this belief. You can say something like, I'm surprised to hear you say that, uh, as I think you're so usually so good at recognizing other people's perspectives. So you want to try to expose that inconsistency in a non-judgmental way so they can rep uh, recognize where that dissonance lies. And the last letter F is for stating your response in feelings instead of statements. So saying, I feel uncomfortable when you state that versus just saying, don't say that because that makes it harder for them to argue. You want to avoid statements that kind of provoke that self-righteousness because then the person starts getting defensive in response to that self-righteousness and they'll stop listening to what you're saying. Once they start arguing, it becomes an issue of who's right, undermining that goal to learn. If it starts becoming an argument and this doesn't work, after all those steps, you might just want to go back to reassessing, is this even worth my time and energy? Absolutely. I think this is so true. Um, as a DBTer, I often talk to people about dialectical debating because in traditional debating, which we're all used to, the purpose is to prove that your side is superior to the other. Whereas in dialectical debating, your goal is to understand the truth in the other person's argument. This approach, which you're highlighting, tends to soften polarization and allows folks to move towards a synthesis or a middle path. It can feel counterintuitive, but actually it's a way more effective way forward. Well, Dr. Pinnaker, I want to say that like we started this discussion today by talking about the importance of community. And I want to thank you for being a member of mine and for sharing your wisdom with all of the Savvy Cyclists. Thank you for having me. It was great. The Savvy Psychologist is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Ricky Berg with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. Our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for this episode of Savvy Psychologist. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The AnxietyCoachesPodcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.